This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh my, a little X's and O's fun. A little football fun time with the one, the only, Trez Paler on the Trez Paler Show. He's a senior NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports. There's a tremendous NFL podcast with Charles Robinson, and you can hear him tomorrow, as a matter of fact, 3.30 on The Drive, and you can hear him Thursday morning at 8.30 with Fesco in the morning. He is Trez Paler, and this is the Trez Paler Show. Good evening, Trez. Bink, my man, how's it going? It's going good, my man. Always like talking football with you. We had a little bye week going on just a, just a little bit ago, Therese, but a few news and notes from the Kansas City Chiefs is Andy Reid and Brett Veach. This is uh, something that's been in the works for a while, but they made it official today, uh, so it is worth mentioning because beforehand it's like, well, you know, we're working on it or we're doing this or that, but today they acknowledge that the Chiefs sent out the uh, the press release and Clark Hunt came on with the drive and said, hey, we like long-term deals. Like with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid and Brett Beach aren't going anywhere. Yeah, and if you're a Chiefs fan, you should really be thrilled. It's just, you know, you've got, you know, one of the game's best football coaches. And, you know, you have a general manager that really knows how to get him what he needs and work hand-in-hand hand with him. And, you know, I think it goes without saying that, you know, it's important for those two to work together. But what, what the great thing is that Andy really trusts Brett. You know, he really trusts his scouting ability. Um, and these two have the kind of working relationship and they complement each other in this type of way that every other organization wants. You know what I mean? So whenever you can lock that structure up and, and this winning combination up, you got to do it. Cause at the end of the day, you know, we're going to look back at this time, you know, this time, it's probably the best era of Chiefs football, and both their names are going to be in that ring of honor one day. That's interesting you say that, Trez. And you were in the trenches as the Kansas City Chiefs beat reporter for the Kansas City Star before you moved on uh, to Yahoo, and you got to see this firsthand, this development of Brett Reed and just the trust that Andy Reed had with him going back to Philadelphia. I mean, he wasn't just a scout. He was an SEC scout, which is where you put your best guy. And he was doing that in Kansas City as well. And and I guess that trust factor. So we see so many coaches and GMs. We see GMs fired and coaches fired. We haven't seen the hand-in-hand relationship between coach and GM. And I know the coach and quarterback combination is so important with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. But this Brett Veach with Andy Reid, what, what do you kind of think about when you go back in your time, you know, in the trenches with the Kansas City Chiefs on what Brett Veach meant 
elevated from scout to GM? Because he certainly had Andy Reid's ear when it came to guys like Kareem Hunt before he's even GM. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I mean, look, even dating back their time in Philly, right? Fletcher Cox, LaShawn McCoy, you know, Brett, Brett's ability to scout. Like people in this league know that, right? Yeah. You know, I, you talk to people at league functions, they're like, they're always like, hey, Brett can scout now. Like, they'll tell you that. Um, and that, that part of it is important. He's been here and he's been an important voice for Andy Reid, dating, you know, not obviously just Kareem Hunt, but, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes. He was right in there with that. Um, and that matters, man. Like the, 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 the working relationship those two have is what every, organization needs to try to have and the trust between those two is important because i'm glad you mentioned that man like you know guys andy's coaching the team you know what i mean like andy is he's drawing up the game plans like how do you think you're getting shift the rose bowl right parade okay it's not it's because he's not doing like the scouting of college prospects anymore it's because he's not like scouting you know uh, uh potential players on the trade block and stuff he's coaching the team and he trusts brett to do all that stuff and they work hand in hand as a tandem and as a team so um yeah man like it's it this is a big deal getting those two locked up and you know and i reported it was coming down a pike a couple months ago but yeah. then to like finish it right yeah you know that's a big deal and that is a reason to be excited and you were on this uh before today we can finally put a bow on this deal and you talked about that trust factor and it always seems to me like when i'd listen to andy reed talk in the I, i've been out there for the uh the draft during the draft in the, in the media room there and when andy reed talks he talks a lot about brett veach you know, just kind of being kind of that hound dog, you know, like, well, you need to watch this guy. You need to watch this film. And he gets really excited about players, right, to talk to Andy Reid about. Andy Reid will tell you that he'll, like, Brett Beach will wear his ears out on certain players. Yeah, Brett does his homework on these guys, too. You know, he 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 really watches the tape and grinds the tape. And I think the thing I've kind of appreciated the most, though, is that, you know, they got a lot of the same guys they had here under Dorsey. Like, you know, it wasn't a broken organization under John Dorsey. Mm-mm. You know, he was just let go because of communication and some management issues. But there's no doubt in Dorsey's ability to scout talent, right? And some of the processes he put in place um, as far as the evaluation of talent have remained in place, right? Like they get in a room and they crank out like evaluations as a group on the whole board basically for like two weeks like that's a doors thing you know and so they've kept a lot of the same guys and they've kept a lot of the same processes but um you know i I know that they hired brett because they believed he had a plan you know i know that clark hunt really believed in his organizational ability and his vision for the team and his play to fruition you know they found a way to re-sign guys and play with the cap and you know make things happen that people organizations that aren't well run and aren't well organized and don't have um you know, a clear vision of what they want to do or able to accomplish. They had $177 at one point in cap space, and they ended up re-signing Mahomes and Chris Jones and bringing back 95% of the team, you know. So, yeah, man, no, look, Veach has has certainly um, solidified and repaid the faith that Clark Hunt and Andy Reid showed in him. And, uh, 
you know, in a lot of ways, man, the best is yet to come in this era of Chiefs football. You know, I don't know about you, Trez, but I'd love to give my checkbook to uh, Brett Veach for a couple hours and just see what he could do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you'll have a championship house. And... <laughs> <laughs> you need to cut down on this energy bill here. You need to go online for this. He's saving you like 500 bucks a month. You know what I'm saying? That's what Brett would do. He would save you money on your bills. Yeah. And you'd end up in a bigger house. Yeah. And you'd be like, wait, what happened here? <laughs> Thanks, Brett. But uh, more news comes down for me in Rappaport. NFL Network, I don't know what you've heard, Therese, and I, I'm curious about your opinion, but it looks like Eric Fisher, Mitch Schwartz, who's missed the last couple of games, uh, probably was going to make a return this week on the COVID reserve list, but they're listed here as close contacts. And again, close contacts, mm-hmm. is, there's a difference between the two. Both of them will hold you out, but close contacts, well, if you're Chris Jones, hold you out one day, but it could hold you out five. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the close contacts is a good sign, though, because that means that they could still play on Sunday. And I know we'll talk about the Raiders game. I'm excited for that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I do think, you know, they do need those guys because the last game definitely showed that, you know, the Raiders can wreck pressure the Chiefs a little bit, you know. Like that defensive front's getting better, and they can pressure you a little bit. So that's a potentially – if they don't play, that's a big loss. You know, that's not going to be great. But um, the good news is they are just close close contacts, which is an indication they have a chance or at least a good chance to get cleared by Sunday. Yeah, the Raiders and Chiefs is the biggest game since 2016. When both these teams finished 12-4, and 50% of the Raiders' losses came to those Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs won the division because of that. But the Raiders really haven't been relevant since 2000, 2001, and 2002. Now, Therese, I want you to hear this. Andy Reid brought up the bus twice today. Well, they, they listen. They won the game, so they they can do anything they they want to do. Uh, uh, they end up winning the game. That's not our style, but we'll we'll get ourselves back, ready to play, and that's where we're at. All right, that was mentioned one. Here's mentioned two. Well, I I haven't. Um, I think they have, um, or they wouldn't have driven the bus around the stadium. So, um, but that you know we you know we we don't. We just try to get ourselves ready for. For the next, for that team, it doesn't matter if you play them once, <laughs> twice. Uh, we just get ready to play them the best we possibly can. I want that bus driver on the show, and here's what John Gruden said about the bus driver. Hey, John. Uh, today, Andy Reid mentioned a couple times the uh, victory lap you guys took in KC in the, in the first game. What exactly was the victory lap, and uh, is that something that uh, you think about this week as far as bulletin board material or anything like that? Not really. I mean, you could find a smart Alec bus driver in Kansas City who made some snide comments when we got on the bus. Maybe that's why we drove around the stadiums to tick him off. You know, this is ridiculous. Next question. <laughs> Therese, I've already said, they're doing this plaza light. Uh, they're flipping on the lights virtually this year, not having 100,000 people in the streets. I want the smack-talking bus driver doing it. <laughs> um, you know, here's what I'll say about this, too, like, I'm actually not totally buying like the whole beef thing. Like Andy and John are good friends, yeah. you know, and and Andy, it's unlike Andy to like make a deal out of this. So like he's totally twisting the knife on his boy Gruden. Like it's <laughs> it's actually pretty great. You don't even like, do yeah, this you stuff, know? you know. But they have to find some motivation, Therese. They're so good, you know. Use this. The and players like, will use this. And like I, exactly, and like. He knows that it'll become a thing and like this is gonna bother Gru. Like it's great actually. He's like, Yeah, look, that's not our style. You know what I mean? Well, can you see that can so you like, see a touchdown from Travis Kelsey that he's doing drive the bus as the end zone celebration? It's like 
they're going to use anything they can to like as motivation, you know, but just know like there's no bad blood there. Like Andy and Gru are good friends. And this is just Andy kind of like tweaking his buddy a little bit. Now, yeah, he he's still going to use it as motivation, though. Oh, like, yeah, this, yeah. The Chiefs will be ready to play on Sunday. And I've been telling you this for multiple weeks. Oh, they are going to be ready to play Sunday night. Yeah, the Honey Badger, you know, he talked about it after that first Raiders loss. And he t- said, go back to the lab, take accountability. I loved it. I've used that quote uh, the last three or four weeks since he said it, Trez, to be honest with you, because I always look, and I'll never forget, uh, Pete Sweeney and I had a chance to interview the Honey Badger right after he signed in Kansas City. And uh, he had mentioned during his press conference that Pat Mahomes called him on the phone um, before he signed with Kansas City and said, you take the defense, I'll take the offense. And boy, did that come to fruition. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Um, you know, isn't he great, by the way? Tyron's great, man. Um, really thoughtful guy. Um tries to give you like good answers, gives you insight on sure. what's happening. And it's an indication kind of how he leads to, um, you know, and I, I think he's the best defensive leader they've had since I've been here, you know, and that's saying a lot, you know, that, you know, cause Barry was pretty great, but like, you know, Matthew is different and he, um, he's a special dude, you know? Um, and I, I think, um, you know, as just as a vocal guy, and then he backs it up with his play too. You know, it put it this way: he'll be right there, pointing at his helmet, making plays on Sunday. Like this is a proud team. You know, and <laughs> I'd be stunned if they let the Raiders beat them twice this season. Like this is a this is the kind of game that championship teams circle because it's a reason to get up for it. Like every week they're trying to hold off teams playing their A game against the champs. Well, now they got a reason to be hype. You know, we see what happens when they're hype. Like we saw what happened against the Ravens. Like this is a chance to kind of lay the smack down on a team and let them know their place. And if they can't do it, uh, I think that's going to tell us something about the Raiders too. Street the justice, Street justice. Week, we're going to learn a lot about those cats. <laughs> that means the Raiders are closer than we think, Bink. Street justice, my man. Street justice. <laughs> That's what you talked about not too long ago. Hey, man, I'm looking forward to this game. And you know what, though? Here's the one thing about the Honey Badger. I've seen Isaiah Simmons. He made a great play, by the way, for Arizona this past week where he almost got Josh Allen. Josh Allen got rid of the ball. Then he still came back, made the tackle. He, he's a hybrid, too. Here's a guy that played safety at Clemson, won the Buckus Award as best linebacker. He can play both Jeremy mm-hmm. Chen. Uh, for the Panthers that the Chiefs didn't get to see play, but he's a tremendous player. Starts at outside linebacker for him, but he's a natural safety, and he kind of created that position. But I'll tell you this much, and this is why I appreciate Tyron Matthew this year, and it's something that's not in the stat book, and you're not going to see it on Pro Football Reference, is without fans, well, I mean limited fans in some places, but it's much different. It is hard to get up for games. It is hard to get mm-hmm. excited for your opponents. And, and you watching in his attitude – Pounding guys on the helmet, whatever, trying to fire them up. The Chiefs need somebody like that because you don't get that crowd adrenaline, man. Yeah, man, it's it's a different type of year, you know, without the fans there. But they've got they've got some real self starters, though, right? Like, you know, we don't doubt Frank Clark's effort. You know, like Clark's effort every snap, and he is amazing. And then you know he also rises to the occasion when it matters, just like Badger does. Um, you know, the, this was a big key of rebuilding the defense was not just firing Bob Sutton, but it was like bringing in guys like that, 
that kind of had that mentality they were looking for. And, you know, in many ways, um, the Chiefs 2019 Super Bowl win was a defensive story. As much as it's always about Mahomes and the cast of weapons they have offensively. Like, you know, I was talking to some NFL films guys that put together like America's game on their, their episode. And he was like, you know, we, we looked at that season. And at the end of the day, we realized in many ways, this was a defensive story after what happened the previous year. So it, it, my long, my point is, you know, Bink, you can't say that unless um, you take some, unless you appreciate what Badger and Clark and guys like that have done to change the mentality of the defense. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show. By the way, he's a senior NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports. He's also a Hall of Fame voter. But coming up next, I want to know his opinion on the Raiders. Should we take them for real? Again, last year they were 6-4, and four, lost 4-5 or five down, down the stretch. Plus, I want to know, if Mahomes is the runaway clear MVP at this point. And I'll bring up a few things uh, from the podcast you did with Charles Robinson. We'll do that next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Bill Moss joins Cody and Gold, Mondays at 11, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. I'm Jay Binkley with Therese Paler, senior NFL reporter for Yahoo Sports, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. There's a tremendous NFL podcast on Yahoo Sports. And by the way, speaking of his articles on Yahoo Sports, give him a follow at Therese Paler. Has a great article on those Buccaneers. And we'll talk about them as well, the up and down um, trend. They, they're they good one week, and the next week you guys are calling them trash, and they win. And it's which, <laughs> <laughs> that's what Twitter does, Therese. And we'll get to that here in just a second. But, uh, Therese, what's your thought on these Raiders in Derek Carr? I always say there's two Derek Cars. There's a warm-weather Derek Carr, the warm-weather Derek Carr that plays in the Allegiant Stadium, <laughs> and there's cold-weather Carr that's 0-10 uh, in his last 10 games under 50 degrees. Jack Del Rio said it's a problem when he was coach of the Raiders. Uh, it is 0-10. Your record is what it says it is. And if they go in the postseason, probably going to have to play outdoors, probably in some colder temps. Yeah, I, you know what, though? I, I do like what they're building there. I think Mayock's done a good job. Mike Mayock, general manager, I think he's done a good job building the talent of that roster. And I think he's honestly done a nice job getting talent that fits what John Gruden wants to do offensively and defensively. Um, you know, they're a little limited on the deep ball. You know, we I know they hit the Chiefs with some, some big plays downfield. Um, in, in that loss, but that was out of the ordinary for them. And this time they'll be prepared for that. Um, that said, if they do allow the Raiders to connect on the deep ball, that opens up the rest of the offense. One thing I will say, John is very, very good at, he can control the game with his offense, right? Pounding the rock, play action off that, you know, controlling the football with the short passing game, the West Coast, um, power, you know, basically, um, you know, West Coast power philosophy. Um, so so there's a potential for them to execute the same game plan if they can connect on some deep balls and make them make the Chiefs play them honest again. But we'll have to see about that because I do know that defense is going to be extremely motivated to make sure guys don't get behind them again. Yeah. yeah. After all, John Gruden had the best game plan against the Chiefs because, well, they beat the Chiefs. But the second best was Matt Rule. We talked about that last mm -hmm. week. 
it, it could be kind of the same format. The Raiders have more talent than the Panthers do, and that that's the scary thing. That formula that Matt Rule had, and he tried to go for it on fourth down this past week too. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. They love running fake punts, but I, I believe the Raiders will do some of that. And the Chiefs only had the ball 21 minutes, but they maximized their time. The Raiders are more yeah. talented than the Panthers. Yeah, and you know, here's another thing to keep in mind. You know, if the tackles, if Schwartz and Fisher don't like practice, because <laughs> it is, you know, that that's a bit of a game changer because the Raiders generated pressure in that game, you know. Um, so if the Raiders could find a way to generate some pressure again, it could potentially change things here. Um, you know, so th- that would be something to keep an eye on. But I do expect, you know, this to be an Andy Reid play-calling game. He'll bring this one out because, A, he doesn't lose very many division games and B this one could actually be really important to win in the division and hosting home playoff games. So yeah, this expects, you know, there'll be something like shift a Rose Bowl right parade or, <laughs> you know, hungry pig, right. There'll be something like that in the red zone this week, I think. Or Mahomes in motion, which was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Ferrari, right? You yeah, like that? <laughs> Ferrari, right. Well, we'll get to, uh, we'll get to what uh, Kyler Murray did, but I want to bring up Kyler Murray for a second, Therese, in this segment, because I want to talk about your top three, MVPs. I was listening to you and Charles Robinson as I do each and every week. And Charles had said that Kyler Murray's now entered the MVP race. And hey, Doug Flutie won a Heisman on a Hail Mary playing against Miami. And obviously Kyler Murray is a talented runner and thrower. He's a, he's an amazing player to watch. And it's amazing that uh, Cliff Kingsbury's really installed that air raid and he's running it perfect. And he's like the perfect guy for that offense. But your top three MVP at this point. Yeah, no, it's interesting he said that because I, I did an MVP column a couple of weeks ago and I had him in there. I had him third behind Wilson and Mahomes, and now, you know, I think he's second. You know, I think he's second behind Mahomes. Really? Like I think Russell Wilson's last two performances have hurt him. Like I think, you know, he wasn't good on Sunday, and, um, you know, we're doing this week to week, so there's a possibility he could keep it up. But I even said in that column, even though I had him as my midseason MVP, it was predicated on him you know, finishing with a crazy amount of touchdowns. He was on pace to throw 59, Bank. <laughs> you know, that's a <laughs> lot of touchdowns. Um, and now it's not that, right? So that's opening the door. That is open the door because, you know, Mahomes is on track to have a crazy season himself with like two interceptions with 40-plus touchdowns. And if the Chiefs finish 14-2 and two or something, that's going to be hard to overlook for those voters. So I've got him number one, and then number two is Murray who is a true joy to watch every week. You know, I take notes on all these games. Man, man this guy's the fastest guy on the field at all times, man. Oh, like yeah. He, he, they, he plays with such a flair. And then, you know, they just got people who don't, who are casual observers of the game just assume because he's 5'9". That, and I know he measured five ten, but he's basically five nine. Okay, uh, that he's that he's just running around and, and just running. But as a passer of the football, he's actually really really good. Nice strong arm, accurate, has an understanding of where to go with the football. He's a really good thrower too. He's just a great player. He's really elevated a franchise that has really struggled for the last decade and. I think we have to recognize that and appreciate that because he has been completely fantastic and helped change the stars of a you know, star-crossed franchise. What's interesting is this, this back half of the schedule, it didn't look as daunting early on, but now it does. These last seven games for the Chiefs, four on the road, mm-hmm. three at home, 
And, you know, they faced the Raiders this week. Obviously, the Raiders have beaten the Chiefs this week. Mm -hmm. Then it's at the Buccaneers after that. That's an interesting game because they're up and down. And we'll get to them in a minute. You have a great article Mm -hmm. on the Bucs. The Broncos, okay. The Dolphins, much better with Brian Flores than the Saints Mm -hmm. and a a different Falcons team that's Mm -hmm. playing well under Raheem Morris. And then the Chargers at the end. But the Dolphins... And the Chiefs will play in a couple weeks. This looked like a completely different game earlier this season. Brian Flores, to me, could be the coach of the year. And I know that you talked about that and what he's done with those Dolphins. But when the Chiefs play the Dolphins, they they, they have a track record in the city of Miami. It's not a great one. And the Chiefs at Miami with Brian Flores, who knows? <laughs> That's a good point. I, you know, I actually wrote a column about the Dolphins like a week ago, man, like – you know, don't look now, but they look a lot like the Cardinals do this year, you know, and they've even accelerated. They've won five in a row. Two has won his three starts, right? Um, and their defense is extremely well coached. And if you listen to the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast last year, this doesn't surprise you because toward the end of the season, you know, I was telling you guys like, hey, you know, I mean, I'm watching these games and like Miami's like, in these games and they don't have any talent. How is this happening? Well, it's great coaching. So they were kind of set up this year to really take that next step. And now Tua has come in and played great. You know, he's running around. He's got the arm talent, second reaction ability, throwing with anticipation. And he'll have some rough spots here or there. And I expect one of them to come against the Chiefs, to be quite candid with you. But, um, you know, he looks good. And this team might make the playoffs nonetheless. Um, so the Dolphins look great. And, you know, I think next year, I think they're a year away from, um, you know, certainly make, I mean, they might make the playoffs this year, but they're a year away from maybe winning a playoff game and a couple of years away from like challenging for the AFC title. But that's still one heck of an ascendancy. And, you know, the, the Brian Flores, I mean, I think he's a coach of the year candidate with Mike Tomlin. Absolutely. Like that team is just well coached and they look great. Yeah. That Belichick way, it's actually a Belichick disciple uh, doing well. At this point, Therese, I'm going to ask you about this before we uh, take the break. Don't forget our, our text line is 913-576-7610. If you have a question for Therese Paler, we'll do that in the final segment, 913-576-7610. I want to ask you real quick before we go to break about the Steelers. Um, this team goes how Big Ben does. Of course, he hurt his knees in that Dallas game. He goes out there, limps around, still gets the job done. Uh, are the are the Steelers? There's a major drop off. Obviously, there is with other teams in the NFL. When you lose that starting quarterback, it, it, it really uh, hurts your team. But this is the best start in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers and that vaunted organization. Should we take them seriously now? Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. The uh, Steelers, you know, every week you watch them, you know, they're rushing the passer. You know, they can really get after it now, and they can get pressure with four and three sometimes. You know. And that's the key to winning in today's NFL. It's a really good, smart, well-coached defense. And then offensively, they got a lot of weapons, man. Claypool compliments Juju Smith-Schuster, who compliments Deontay Johnson, who compliments, you know, James Conner. Was Claypool on your uh, all-juice team? No, he wasn't because he didn't look like this in college. I hadn't Um, even mocked him to the Chiefs, man. He had those Megatron numbers. He's an athletic dude. Right, right, right. He, you know, here's the deal though. Like when you watch him now, he feels a little lighter to me than he did. Like he was listed at like 238 or something. He, he, he's a giant guy, but he, it's like he's gotten, 
he's trimmed up a little bit and is even more explosive. So like now he's still a giant guy, but yeah, yeah. But now he's still a giant guy, but now it's even more explosive. So I was hearing really good things out of Pittsburgh about that dude shortly after he got drafted. And, um, you know, it, I heard good things in August, and he's proved to be a good player for them. It's going to be tough for your all-juice team, Trez. There's been 70 cancellations in college football. Oh. So you get to put in your time, and so lie on my uh, when I do some mocks. But coming up next, I have a surprise for Trez Paler. You're listening to Trez Paler Show. Don't forget 913-576-7610 if you have a question for the senior writer at Yahoo Sports, Trez Paler. We'll talk about something that's a surprise for Trez next. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to the Therese Paler Show. Therese is a senior NFL reporter at Yahoo Sports. He's also a pro football Hall of Fame voter. And Therese, I have a little surprise for you. I know it'll get you excited and grabbing your Madden game. Murray back to throw, flushed out, rolling left in trouble, slips a tackle, got to launch it. He does. Left side into the end zone, jump ball, and it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. You've got to be joking me. Hopkins reaches up with three defenders around him and pulls it in and the Cardinals lead it 32 to 30 with a second left. Most exciting play this uh, season, the NFL Trez. It put the Cardinals feeling, okay, they got the Seahawks this Thursday night for the NFC West crown. It gave the bills a loss that they probably thought they had a win, but man, did that get the juices flowing? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And this kind of play that, I mean, (laughs) if you're the Bills, like Sean McDermott, the Bills coach after the game was a little testy, you know, and I get it because you're not supposed to lose like that. But on the other hand, too, sometimes you just get beat by superior players. And DeAndre Hopkins with his 11-inch hands, (laughs) you know, (laughs) out jumping Tredavious White, probably the second best corner in football. And two other guys around him with a picture perfect pass by Kyler Murray on the run. I mean, it is what it is. You just got beat that way. Sometimes those guys out talent you. And that, that's what happened on that play. It was a heck of a two man effort by those two guys. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, that happens in this league sometimes. You know, sometimes you just get got that way. As Dick Vermill said, football comes down to a couple plays, man. <laughs> and yeah. it's certainly right. But this sets up a nice game for Thursday night, Therese. Uh, both uh, six and three teams: Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals won thirty-seven to thirty-four in Seattle, so we're looking at a nice Thursday night matchup between these two. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to it, man. I think um, you know these two teams are gonna. Are, are listen. First of all, the NFC West is super competitive, right? So you know, all four of those teams can beat you on a given Sunday. Um, and I, I mean, I, I think that Kyler Murray's got a chance to really kind of take a swing at the MVP here. If he beats Russell Wilson again, you know, this game's, this game's really important, man, oh, yeah. because, you know, they're going to have the advantage in the NFC West, like the tiebreaker, if they win this game. So consequent, consequently, like, I want to see Seattle's defense, uh, show up. Their defense has been historically bad through 10 weeks. And they can't win the Super Bowl if their defense is this bad. Like even bad defenses that have won the Super Bowl have at least done one thing, which is forced turnovers. They don't do that either. So um Seattle's defense has really got to show up. And if they can't do it this week, 
Bink is not happening. I'm going to go on record as saying that last the NFL, they can't show up for this game. Give up 448 yeah. yards a game in that pass defense is yep. simply atrocious. Trez, this is something you had an article on. It was Tampa Bay being up and down. And I know we've talked about them. They looked like world beaters a couple weeks ago. Then the Saints came into their house and pounded them, giving Tom Brady his worst defeat. Uh, the Chiefs will play both these teams. And it looks like, you know, Breeze is hurt with the ribs. Ribs on both sides that really happened the last couple weeks in a collapsed lung. So it's going to be Jameis Winston time and a little Taysom Hill mixed in, I'm sure, in New Orleans. But these two teams, Therese, and I still put the Saints ahead of them, but I don't know without Breeze if I should or not. I don't know if I can expect the same Teddy Bridgewater magic uh, that you had mentioned uh, with Charles Robinson. Uh, can Jameis have that kind of effect like Bridgewater had with them last year? And the Buccaneers, is it time to start thinking of them serious? Because we do and then we don't, and then we do and then we don't. Which team are we getting? Yeah, I can give you a quick thought on both those teams. That's just somewhat what Chiefs fans need to know. First of all, with the Bucks, um, it's a really good team. But the loss to the Saints a week ago showed just one thing. That's not afford to, uh, to, that's a team that cannot afford to get down. Um, cause the Saints jumped out to a big lead. Then they had to abandon their running game. While like the Chiefs can get down 24 nothing, the Bucks can't do it because they don't have Patrick Mahomes, right? Tom Brady's the GOAT, but their offense isn't built for that. It's built on the run game and people, and he's best at play action and the short passes, but all that stuff works with the occasional deep shot with the run game. So if they get down by a lot, you know, it, there's not going to be a big comeback from them. So that's their weak spot. And if the Chiefs, when the Chiefs face them, expect their game plan to be heavily geared toward getting off to a big start because you put those guys in a hole, they struggle. Um, you know, as it relates to the Saints, I think this is going to be a fascinating game. And, uh, well, their their game coming up um, against the Falcons because, um, and I actually wrote a column on this, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to tell us a lot about Jameis Winston, right? Either he gets the job, and there's no guarantee that he will be the guy because Peyton won't say it, and Taysom Hill's listed second on the depth chart, even though I think we all think yeah. Jameis would be the guy. Um, but if he doesn't get it, then it shows that, okay, with everything in his favor saying he should get it, because he's the he's a better passer to football and he's four years younger than Taysom Hill and he threw for thirty three touchdowns last year. If he doesn't get it, that's gonna say, well, his trip to me, that tells me his trip to quarterback rehab school hasn't gone as well as it should have gone. Right? So there's that. But if he does get it and he doesn't do what Teddy Bridgewater did, I think it's safe to say that he can't that that at that point, this twenty six year old quarterback who was the number one picking the draft will never live up to his expectations because he has gone to the perfect spot to thrive and rehab his image and rehab um yeah rehab his energy image as a quarterback and if you can't do it like james like teddy bridgewater did that tells us a lot about him too so no matter what we're going to learn a lot about Jameis winston this week no matter which quarterback he chooses didn't he have lasik surgery in the offseason too yeah lots been made and he looks there. great he looks great yeah. you know and i hope he keeps eating the w <laughs> because you know what, man? But he wants to eat it, too. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. I know people make fun of it, but I like when he's eating the W. We all want to eat Ws. Come on. That's so funny. And you know what? <laughs> he, he'll, you know what? He'll eat a W. Yeah, I mean, God, he just did it last week. But, you know, <laughs> he'll do it in the locker room. <laughs> he'll eat a W if, they, if, they, if he wins his two or three-star audition. I'll tell you that.
Yeah, that's good stuff there. But the Chiefs will play the Bucks and the Buccaneers. By the way, they ran the ball with Ronald Jones very well. I mean, that ninety-eight yard yes. run definitely counts. They only had five rushing, five rushing attempts the week before. It was ridiculous. And that was an NFL record. They they, they beat a record from the nineteen thirty-three Chicago Cardinals. It was insane because that's what they do best is run the football. And, you know, I know they were saying, you know, the game got out of control. We had to abandon. And, yeah, that's true. But, you know, if they can't run the ball, the Bucks lose a lot of their offensive effectiveness. So, listen, we know who they are now. Like, I got a pretty good handle on them and the Saints. You know, I think the Chiefs can win both those games. But you know what the keys are, you know. Can Bruce Arians please wear his stuff normally? <laughs> that, 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 wearing that thing around, it looks like a robo coach, man. With that headset thing, he's got the, the box in front and back, and a lot of coaches wearing it around their waist. Come on, man. That's so funny. No, I can't <laughs> complain about that, man. I hear you on that. <laughs> he looks like that. Well, we do the uh, Fast and Furious around the NFL with Trez Paler next. Don't forget to get your questions in 913-576-7610 as Trez and I go around the NFL here on the Trez Paler Show. You're listening to the Therese Paler Show, Monday nights at 7, 610 Sports Radio. Catch Therese Paler with The Drive, Tuesdays at 3.30, 610 Sports Radio. That's right. Catch Therese Paler from all 3.30 on The Drive. Catch Therese Paler again at 8.30 on Thursday with Fesco in the morning. And catch Therese Paler right now on The Therese Paler Show, senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, also a Hall of Fame voter. All right, Therese. By the way, it's a 7-0. Adam Thielen made a just ridiculous catch as the Vikings lead the Bears. The Bears look like going for a field goal here. Not sure. Let you know what happens here in this game. But let's go around the NFL. All right, Therese. The Packers get by. The Jags. Jake Luton. Jake the Snake Luton. That's not his <laughs> nickname. But I'll call him Jake the Snake because he gave the Packers a little scare yesterday. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this was a classic game where, like, you know, the Packers are a whole lot better than the Jaguars, but you can tell they didn't, like, fully game plan for them all the way because of what they got coming next. And um, they did enough to win the game, but, you know, the, these are the type of games you're just trying to win and get out of there. You're not necessarily looking to kill them because you got to – more important games coming up. So uh, I don't think Luton's the answer. Like, they're going to finish with the number one or number two pick. Probably number two because the Jets are awful. Might not win a game. And uh, they'll get Justin Fields and be very happy with that. Packers and Colts this weekend. A very interesting game mm. between these two. And we'll, so we'll go with here, uh, Therese. Nick Chubb, the unselfish play. Could it be a rallying cry for the Browns as he takes off on a 59-yard run? And like we've seen so many times now with Todd Gurley, and then we saw in the Indiana Penn State game, this idea of, of stopping the clock and not scoring that touchdown, he seemed to be cognizant of it because Baker Mayfield said don't score. He steps out of bounds. He could have just laid on the turf and kept the clock rolling. It didn't matter. They could just down the ball. But uh, is this a rallying cry for the Browns? I mean, I know they're having a good season, but Nick Chubb doing an unselfish thing there? A, yeah, and it's, it's a cool thing to see because I actually really feel – really good about the Browns. I think they know who they are. You know, they're trying to run the football with Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and they're good at it. Both those guys had over over 100 yards on Sunday, and you know, Mayfield, Young's play action off that, and that's who they are, and they're good at it, man. Um, as soon as Andrew Berry can help improve the defense and fortify the depth, those guys have a chance to contend in the AFC. But they got to finish the season first, but I do like where they're at. The Chargers lose again, Therese, 2-7 mm. at this point. 
I like Anthony Lynn. I, I considered him before the year probably the second best coach in the AFC West. That was even over John Gruden. I mean, <laughs> might have made a mistake there. Might have made a mistake there. I'll admit that. I'll admit when I make a mistake. But is Anthony Lynn going to be run? Yeah. And, and everybody's talking about Justin Herbert. And I remind people, Drew Lockout dueled him a couple weeks ago. I know. I hope I hope that Lynn gets another chance. I think he's a good coach, but this is a production league, and they're three and sixteen, you know, in games trailing by position in the fourth quarter since 2019. So that's not great, you know. Uh, but I do think he deserves another year. Um, but next year, but put it, they bring him back though, they will absolutely. It's like, hey, you need to have a winning season, bro. Like that that'll be that'll be what it's about, you know. Hey, you need to have a winning season. Period, point blank, end of story. But I think he deserves that. I hope they give it to him. And I know we talked about the Dolphins earlier, but it is interesting with Tua. You know, Tua's a guy that even self-admitted he's not the same guy, you know, with the still metal in his body. And Tua at Alabama was unbelievable. Matter of fact, mm-hmm. one of the biggest quarterback decisions I've ever seen was at halftime where Nick Saban pulled out Jalen Hurts and puts in Tua against Georgia to win the national title. We know how good Jalen Hurts ended up being at Oklahoma, and he was damn good at Alabama, losing just two games. But... Dolphins do the same thing. Brian Flores, they were winning with Fitzmagic. They go with Tua, and he keeps the train rolling. Really a interesting decision by the Dolphins. Tua's their future, not Fitzpatrick. And you know what? It's paid off. Yeah, it has. And I think, you know, he, physically he looks very, very similar to last year before the injury. Like, you watch him. He's, like, making plays out of the pocket. He's creating. He's throwing them the run. Anticipation, all that. Like, it's very, very close. And that's what I was concerned about. You know, I was concerned about it. And I was yeah, – that's why I was like, hey, just let him sit the whole year. Let him build up his body, total command of the offense, just like Mahomes did. But, you know, it's easier and easier for quarterbacks to play early because they're not just getting punished every week like they were two decades ago. Bank, I mean, I know you talk to former players. Like, they'll tell mm-hmm. you, you know, these practices that they used to have on the artificial turf here – Two day, two a days, you know, like it's just a oh, different yeah. game now. And you know, look, you could always throw over the middle, but the prop, the difference was back then, you would get taxed via the big hit, right? Uh, Mark Carrier was coming, right? Guys like that. Oh, so man. the game it's is just completely different. <laughs> the game's just completely different now. It's it's easier for quarterbacks to play early than it used to be. All right, Alex Smith update with the Washington Football Team. He made his first start, even though he played quite a bit. Of the week before down 24 to three leads to come back tied eventually lost but he threw for 390 i didn't know this but that's alex smith first time he's gone back to back 300 yards passing in his career to me that's crazy but still props to alex smith another good staff for you uh against the lions alex smith made his first start in 728 days wow uh attempted 55 passes too <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know what man after what he been, went through to can't come back, how cool is that? You know, he came back to show his kids that you can make it back through anything, and he ended up showing the country you can do that, right? Um, football fans all over, so he's an easy guy to root for. I'm really happy for him. I'm glad he's doing well. Therese, speaking of the Washington football team, who actually wants to win the NFC East? Oh, maybe the Giants. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, man. Every time I turn on one of these NFC East games, I'm just like, I can't believe I got to do this. But I'm going to be honest. I I actually think the Giants might be the best coach team of that bunch. Really? Um, Yeah. Joe Judge's team plays hard. 
they're competitive every week. It's always close. And they don't, they don't have a whole lot of talent, but they, they do maximize what they do have and they do really compete for him without Saquon too. And without like a really good receiver, other than Darius Slayton, who I like a lot, you know, they got two young tackles. Like my point is this, that team's actually not that far away from being competitive because I'm getting Brian Flores vibes from Joe Judge. Really? Like, I, keep an eye on those guys next year. I, I like what I see right now. And Daniel Jones can move, too. He had 64 yards rushing and a touchdown. Of course, we saw him fall down a couple weeks ago, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. that stuff happens. But dudes can still move. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, right. and, you know, the thing we forget, too, is, like, it, it. he was pulling away from those guys before he stumbled. Like, that was an eye-opening <laughs> moment that he was running away like that. Yeah, and speaking of the Giants, the first-round pick last year, a guy that I liked, mocked to the Chiefs, DeAndre Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, was going to be charged uh, with gun charges there in uh, Miami. Those look like they're going away now because uh, it looks like he was being set up or something. It's it's a mess. But DeAndre Baker could become available. He's kept himself in shape. Yeah, yeah, and he's young enough and talented enough that you know I'm, somebody would give him a shot here. Um, you know, we'll see how that ends up going. Um, whoever it is, just know that they've probably done a ton of research on that kid before the draft. Because like before the draft, like. You know, he was another guy that teams dug into character-wise. So whoever signs him means that they've already done the work on him and that they're comfortable with it. Therese, uh, you had an article about Raheem Morris and what he's done with the Falcons as an interim coach. They had the bye week, but it looks like a different team. looks like a really good team, and they blew a couple leads early. We know that about Atlanta. Uh, And then we have the Romeo situation where they're thinking about, well, the report was Sunday, they're thinking about hiring. I like Romeo, and I – I mean, I loved covering Romeo, but I'm not sure about being a head coach, (laughs) Romeo. But again, just your thoughts on those two positions. Should Raheem Morris be hired by the Falcons? And should Romeo get the job in Houston? A couple things. I I spoke to a source I trust. Um, You know, the belief is that the Texans will be hiring from the outside for both the head coach and general manager. That remains the the belief, okay? Okay. You know, so he's done a nice job there. Think you know? I think um, you know um, Easterby. <laughs> that that's an interesting situation. But I think Belichick said it really well when he didn't see when he said today that he didn't see Jack as a personnel guy. <laughs> so I don't know. Like I think they'll be hired from the outside. But Raheem Morris has done a nice job for the Falcons. I spoke to Todd Gurley about him. Big fan of the guy. Um, and I hope that if Arthur Blank doesn't hire Raheem to be their full-time head coach, which he very well might not and probably will not, I hope some other team opens their eyes and takes a look at him hard. Yeah, you have a nice article on Raheem Morris right there. It's a pinned tweet and at Therese Paler on Twitter. All right, Therese, let's go to the text line, 913-576-7610. This is not an NFL question, but it comes from a state that you grew up in. What happened with Michigan? Oh, Oh, Bink, you would ask me that? Oh, my it's gosh. Texters are um, asking you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it's very frustrating as a, somebody who grew up in the great state of Michigan and grew up in Detroit and grew up watching Charles Woodson and all those Lloyd Carr teams to watch Michigan not be Michigan, which is like, which is this. Most Michigan fans, most people who watch me are okay with, you know, eight and four, but you got to be Michigan when you're eight and four. That means playing physical up front on both sides of the football, 
You don't run on Michigan. And then offensively, Michigan's going to run the ball on you because all their linemen are big and strong, and it's going to be that. And there'll be play action off that in a pro-style passing game. Now, I'm, I'm bend on the pro-style passing game. You don't need that. I think Josh Gaddis has done a good job, but there's no excuse for the offensive line. doesn't matter how young they are to not be Michigan, which means finishing blocks with street justice and, and playing hard and, and getting after guys and being a little nasty. And I don't see that. Um, I don't see the chippiness from the team that I'm accustomed to. Um, and I don't see the emotion from the team that I'm accustomed to. And quite frankly, it extends to the head coach as well. Like, I'm wondering where the guy from 2016 is at, to be quite honest with you. Give the ball more to Park Hill's very own Ronnie Bell, who led the Wolverines with four catches, 56 yards, little Kansas City love, and is a Kansas City quarterback from Wisconsin. Graham Mertz as well. Therese? Mertz is outstanding. Oh, I know. Right here from Kansas City area, the Big Ten's been loading up on these guys. This has been the Therese. But Therese, I enjoyed tonight. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks as always, Bink. This was great. Therese Paler, follow him on Twitter. At Therese Paler, is a senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, the tremendous podcast with Charles Robinson. You can hear him tomorrow on the drive at 3.30. Back with Bink at night next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.